0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas from wherever you're listening online, locally, on the radio. You may be receiving our podcast after the show has aired live here in the greater Austin area. But it's good to be back in studio. You know, we've been very active over the past couple of months. I've been, I was in the, at the White House up in DC. I was over at the Capitol um, up in DC as well. And we've traveled all over the state. We've been to Lubbock. We've been to McAllen. Of course, we've been to Houston. We were in Dallas earlier this week. And so, you know, this is a great time for us to get out and engage with people, let them know what's going on, what happened during the legislative session. And there's a lot to talk about related to Christmas. Our Merry Christmas Texas project is in full swing. And if you'll remember, that's the educational effort we have to make sure people know in public schools that you have the right to talk about Christmas, to bring displays. We know probably starting next week, we'll see students in public schools having parties on these issues. And every year, someone has a question about what they can do and what they can't do. And so that's what we specialize in this time of year. So we're educating people about that. But I want to jump right into our guest. We have on the line today and and as our guest for the Texas Values Report, no stranger to our work, is Senator Lois Kolkhorst. Senator Kolkhorst. Is a proud graduate of Texas Christian University, TCU. She also played athletics there; was a member, a, a very prominent member of the golf team there. But she's a fifth generation Texan. She served in the Texas House before she served in the Texas Senate. Um, her district primarily, her hometown is Brenham, but also reaches into the Houston area and, and close to the coast. coast. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But she has led many different efforts. But you heard a lot about her this year, particularly on our show, because she was the one that carried. The the Texas Privacy Act, but before we get into some nice policy discussion, welcome to the Texas Values Report, Senator Colquhoun.
1: Hey, Jonathan, thanks. It's great to be with you uh, this morning, and uh, it's uh, it's a great time. I'm so glad you mentioned Christmas and the efforts that um, you can have, and 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 the displays that you can have in schools. I, I have to say, you mentioned TCU. My daughter is a freshman at TCU. And she's a cheerleader. And so, as you know, the TCU football team is doing pretty well. And I want to mention this to all the listeners, that I was so impressed when I was last on campus, they were putting up a Christmas tree in the middle of the campus. And they did a big Christmas tree lighting uh, this past Tuesday where they lit the Christmas tree and they had fireworks. And it was wonderful to see a Christmas tree on a university campus.
0: Amen. Well, and I saw something, too. This just came back in my mind that um, Lieutenant Governor Patrick is putting a Christmas tree on the Senate floor. There's been one in the House, I guess, for a number of years, and now there's going to be one That appears in the Senate. And then speaking of TCU, talk a little football, big game today for TCU, Big 12 championship. And so look, I'm a Texas guy, okay, but we like to support Texas schools today. And I certainly won't be cheering for Oklahoma, not to upset our friends that may be listening north of the Red River, but hey, that's the way it goes sometimes in Texas. So we hope that they do well. You know, I mean, and and you and I've got to know each other um, over the years, particularly this last year, you know, and really getting an opportunity to see what our children are doing, settling to, into their own role. So I'm sure this is a great time where you're able to do that with your daughter.
1: It is. It is. It's been an exciting season, and I'm so proud. She's she's been a rookie cheerleader, a freshman up there, and she's had a, a good year. She's making good grades, and it's been a wonderful experience thus far. And of course, it doesn't hurt uh, to be uh, ranked uh, so high and and have a shot at, at maybe the playoffs. We'll see how today goes.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Well, you know, and, and and the thing is too, we we look at we see the opportunities as we see young people and you know our children grow and step into their own roles. And you know, when you think about the role of the cheerleader. You think about sometimes some of the things that you do as a legislator, that members do, where you're trying to rally support, you're trying to get people involved. And so, if she's anything like her mother, we've seen your leadership on display and how much vigor you can bring. Uh, to a rally, you know, I was reviewing the video earlier right. this week of the Faith and Family Rally that you were a part of, and um, and we're excited to have you well, as a leadership. This,
1: Jonathan, yeah, I'm <laughs> unabashed, I'm unabashed about my passion, and my passion and love for Christ, and uh, my passion and love for this country uh, that was founded on uh, those Christian values, those gay Christian values, and that I think when you tend to migrate away from in our country in this secular society. And so just let me say first of all, thank you to your organization and to all the listeners. Uh without Jonathan and the staff and your contributions for making them a part of, you know, the advocacy group that we have at the Capitol, we would be headed in a very bad direction. And so this last session, uh you know, we prayed together, Jonathan. I had so many uh, of, of of the people um, that you work with and that are volunteers, come into my office um, and and pray with me. Even you know, standing on the east steps of the Capitol when. Some of your uh, your great volunteer advocates just prayed over me I, I from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. It was such a blessing. You could feel God's presence. So thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. Well, we appreciate you. I mean, it's an honor to be able to serve others, to really be of assistance to elected officials that display so much courage like you do. You know, we're having our gala next week. You're going to be there. You're going to be one of our speakers. It's on December 7th. If you haven't gotten tickets yet, you can go to txvalues.org. It's in Houston on the west side. Thursday, December 7th, Todd Starnes is going to be our keynote speaker. Um, Attorney General Ken Paxson is going to be there. And Lois Colecourse is going to be there. And one of the things that's going to come up, we have a, just a short presentation we're going to make during our gala about this. But the faith-based work, you know, the importance of, of, of having religious freedom, the importance and the role that Christians play in our state, and our communities, was on really strong display with a lot of the recovery reliefs. Uh, from Hurricane Harvey, your district includes a lot of those areas. Tell our listeners just about you know some of the things you've seen and experienced with some of that in the past several months.
1: Yeah, let me say that my district is 21 counties. I go all the way to Port Aransas. I have the island of, of uh, Mustang Island, includes Port Aransas, which was ground zero along with Rockport, Fulton. That's where the the storm came over. So we saw this massive storm, you know, cut, make landfall, but then and and it was. You know, winds of 100 and at times 90 miles an hour sustained for like hours. It was the damage was I I can't describe it if you haven't been down there. And and a lot of people talk about you know the Houston area, which was hurt so badly by the floods. And so the massive geographic area, Jonathan. Nineteen of my 21 counties were in the disaster declaration for both public and and individual assistance, and 21 of 21 for public assistance. So there was damage all in my county. Let me say thank you to all the faith-based organizations who came together. They they, they provided water, food, uh, clothing. Uh, right now, there are people down there still helping people. Uh, we'll be rebuilding for years in Port Aransas and Port Fulton and Rosario County. Uh, when I say that, I do mean years. Uh, we have such a long way to go, but truly, you know, you look at what government does and the role that it plays, and, and, and while that's important, I think we're most effective when we come together as as our faith-based communities can do so well and provide the aid, not just, not just you know, food, water, shelter, but um, the, what we seek in those times of disaster is, is the healing that only the Lord can provide.
0: Well,
1: you're absolutely right. I want to thank everyone for their help. But I ask you, too, to continue to help. Uh, We have so far to go in those areas that that I mentioned. And if you look in Wharton County where uh, they had the river flood and we had um, 1,400 homes that were damaged that most people don't even know about in Wharton County and in the city of Wharton specifically. So uh, we're going to need lots of help for a long time.
0: Well, this is a question. We're talking with Senator Lois cole Korst, one of our great Senate leaders. She was the author of the Privacy Act that protected the privacy and dignity of students, of people in government property regarding use of intimate facilities. And it was a lot. The faith-based community was certainly engaged on that issue. We're talking about Hurricane Harvey relief and the faith-based efforts on that. And one of the biggest involvement in players, if you will, with Samaritan's Purse that's led by Franklin Graham and is a part of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association effort. And, you know, they were all over the place around the Houston area. They were down in in Corpus Christi. You know, you mentioned Port Aransas. I have family that live in Corpus. They also also have some property in Rockport. And so we did spend one day in that community, and Rockport was just Absolutely devastated. Now this was like a maybe uh, a handful of days after the storm had blown through, if you will, and so you know I I can just imagine what the relief efforts are going to be like. But you know earlier this week, Lieutenant Governor Patrick spoke at a luncheon we had in Dallas and talked about the issue and the concept of a shelter, right, and and refuge. And he and he talked about you know some people he he's interacted with that realize when all of that is is gone if you will or if, or if, it, if if it gets taken away from us you know people come in touch with another refuge and another source of comfort and shelter and that's Christ and so many people have given you know the opportunity to either be reminded of their faith or maybe experience it for the first time and and we wouldn't wish this on them but it has Um, In light of that, um, you know, people are able to reflect on that and it's given them some comfort so they can move forward and have the strength to rebuild, which is very important individually, but also for our state.
1: One hundred percent. I think Samaritan's Purse was also very involved in Victoria, Victoria County. Uh, They stayed for uh, several weeks and I do mean weeks uh, down there in in their aid. And I want to say something about the shelters. To me, the most effective shelters were what we call the pop-up shelters that mm. that were really churches starting to you know just go out and say, "Hey, listen, we'll be your shelter. We're we're going to provide the food uh, until you can get back into your homes and start uh, to to clean up." And I want to say, you know, while the government you know works with Red Cross and does some of that, it, it was most effective the pop-up shelters that we saw. Everywhere uh, throughout my district and beyond. So, I, again, I praise the Lord for what, what I saw. I think Texas, the best of Texas, was shown during Hurricane Harvey, where we all came together from all walks of life, all ethnic backgrounds, and said, we're going to help one another. And we saw that uh, in the rescue operation in Houston, and then we saw that. In the days of sheltering, and hopefully, again, we can't forget um, that people are hurting right now, and they do need um, the the faith healing. Um, I've I've seen shock and awe. I've seen almost where you go into, you know, you're in disbelief. And and I was in Rockport on Tuesday with Governor Abbott, and I'm, I'm starting to see, you know, that they're recovering mentally as well as 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 physically in in the the process of getting their homes back and their schools back. So I ask you to continue to pray and also uh, to continue to help.
0: Well, you know, and that's the thing, too. You know, at the beginning, a lot of people were interested in helping and, you know, was um, people were reacting, which is good. And then we realized, you know, for a lot of people, the, the time of recovery— and to get back on their feet maybe quite a while. And so, we'll continue to remind people of that too cuz it's going to be important for people to engage. And that I think will allow people that maybe in the beginning when all of this happened, they weren't sure what to do or they didn't know how, they may not have had the time to respond and for them to know, hey, there's still things that people can do and it'll be extremely valuable. Well, next week we're going to have our gala in Houston and you know, we're looking forward to having you there. You're going to be one of the really key and important people that are going to be a part of our program. There are still tickets. You can go to txvalues.org to get your tickets for the Texas Faith and family and Freedom Gala for Texas Values. And, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about is the Privacy Act. We started the show mentioning that you carried that piece of legislation, which was about not about private businesses, but about making sure on government property that you can't have local policies like they're doing in San Antonio and Dripping Springs and everywhere where they allow boys to go into the girls' bathrooms, shower rooms and locker rooms. Very common sense piece of legislation. What we were told um, was that if you have this, it's going to impact the economy. We're going to lose the Super Bowl, which we didn't in Houston. All of these myths that were debunked. And one of the big myths is, well, they did this in North Carolina, and look at all the devastation of their economy just because a couple of people decided not to expand, or maybe an event here or there you know, was changed. They tried to you know, convince people, no, 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 there was all this incredible economic... Uh, disaster, which wasn't true. We even had a lieutenant governor from North Carolina come and testify in the Senate on this, right? So now Forbes this week comes out and says, North Carolina for this year is number one for business. Uh, That makes it kind of hard to argue that protecting privacy has a negative impact on business. What was your reaction to that? Yeah,
1: number one. In fact, Governor Patrick sent it to me uh, in a text message and uh, you know i i um I had to chuckle, but then I also gave thanks to the lord Amen. Um, I, you know i i can't I can't express if you weren't there you can't it's it's almost like you look back and it was a dream about how people were attacking us for common sense legislation of protecting women and children in the most intimate settings and and just you know giving some parameters by which we should live the virtues uh the, the you know the, the the things that i think are just common sense and a part of texas and obviously north carolina was very bold in, in in what they did and they were spoken of as gloom and doom and that that is a facade that is what people hide behind the scared to scare tactic as i talk about the secular world and again This was about just making sure that when we've seen sexual predators take advantage of when there are loose um, policies regarding these intimate spaces. We've seen that all over the United States and specific examples here in Texas where we saw President Obama when he came out and said you cannot restrict bathroom use or locker room use or um, showers, overnight accommodations or athletics if someone decides. Uh, that they are of a different uh, uh, sex, they can or, or gender, they could just become that, and and all of a sudden invade the privacy of other students. And so that's why you, me, and so many worked on this. And I think that we brought to light some some serious issues. And we, I, I, I people always ask me, oh man, you got beat up, you got named to Texas Monthly's worst list. You know how are you doing and i said I, I tell people it was the greatest faith walk of my life. Every time I thought, well, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I doubt myself that and Jonathan, you were on that walk with me that every time I saw the Lord's hand, uh every time I doubted, there was you know i I, I say if you don't think God's talking to you continually you're you're not listening, you're not looking and so uh with that, you know some people say, well, well, you failed you didn't it didn't pass no." I said, this was all, you know, a part of his plan. I, I, I did what a servant is supposed to do and was called to do something, and we did it. And I think that it brought to light uh, a lot of the issues and that, um, again, I think God's plan is perfect. And I continue on the walk of, of, of listening and, and saying that virtues and, and common sense uh, approach to protections is the right thing to do.
0: Well, no, no question about that. We're talking with State Senator Lois Kolkors, who was the author of the Privacy Act during this past legislative session and special session. I don't know how many times the Senate passed your bill, but I've been at several events recently, and I've talked about the contrast of that in the House when the House would not even refer the bill to a committee. So we're mm-hmm. talking about the report of Forbes, naming North Carolina, who also have legislation of this type, even though they it's been tweaked a little bit. Uh, it hasn't changed all that much. Um, as far as the perception of it, um, particularly. And so, uh, but North Carolina's been named number one for business by Forbes magazine. Uh, Guess who's number two? The other state- that engaged yeah. in this robust debate <laughs> about privacy, Texas. Okay. And it's interesting in the Forbes article, of course, tries to put a lot of emphasis on, oh, well, North Carolina made some changes to their Privacy Act. So that was one of the reasons why, you know, they're number one. Well, oh, were they were they number 20 last year? No, they were number two the year before. So, I mean, let's not try to, I mean, and you know how it may be with a, the with a publication, yeah. but my point is, Texas, what well, Texas actually moved up too. I mean, North Carolina moved up, Texas moved up, but they—it was not like they were that far down to begin with. Our the health of our economy is very strong. It continues to be strong, and I think it has you know very little, if anything, to do with some of these uh, some of the arguments that some of these people are making on these issues. And so, but sometimes these these uh, efforts, they're a long-term approach. It takes a little bit longer. This was the first time, it wasn't the first time bills of this type like yours, well, it was first time a bill like yours was was proposed. I think there was something in the last session, but it was a little bit maybe different and people weren't aware of it. And so, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward, but we know since the session uh, what happened, what's been happening is what we were we feared. San Antonio, as soon as the special session was was over, When we left the special session without a statewide standard, and that's what all of this is about, making sure we have a consistent law across the state so these things don't sneak up on people. San Antonio, really mainly behind closed doors, uh, has a new process, the school district, of allowing boys into girls' bathrooms by putting sexual orientation and gender identity into a protected class in their laws. On these type of issues, and so, um, and they caught all kinds of heat. There have been several packed school board meetings where parents are very upset about it, and it's not going away. And unfortunately, we're going to see more of that, where you're going to have no transparency by the local government. Parents are aren't going to be informed ahead of time, and largely, in our opinion, is because these school district policymakers know that most people do not want these policies; they're not necessary and they really also now contradict federal law because now that Trump administration is in there he rolled back the executive orders by Obama and the administrative rules that were illegally passed when Obama was there right. and so now if you're a local school district you don't you're outside of federal law i mean you're you're really on an island on your own in some very de- dangerous area if you will some, uh, reckless area legally. And so, because I mean, I don't think it's, we've seen this happen in other parts of the country where parents are now suing and saying, Hey, you're, you're violating the privacy of my child. You didn't tell me that this boy was going to be in my daughter's bathroom or vice versa. And so or vice
1: versa. Yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah, so
1: in, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, it's a young man that is suing because there was a female allowed in the, um, the boy's locker room and he felt uncomfortable uh, undressing there, and he was told that if he didn't like it, you would have to go find another place to undress. So it's weird if someone's right end and another one's began. And uh, I think that, uh, Jonathan, this is something that has to be seriously discussed. And for most of your listeners, they don't understand. Obama was, his administration rewrote Title IX, literally rewrote Title IX, um, which, as a woman, I am offended by. Um, because Title IX was something that, you know, advanced uh, women in sports and in many other arenas of, uh, of uh, being, you know, the, the common sense protections that we should be allowed. Uh, and so uh, it it was a terrible thing. If you've never read the letter, you need to just Google Dear Colleague Letter. Uh, Dear Colleague Letter, another uh, search uh, word would be Dear Colleague Obama. Letter and uh, you need to read it. It's only three pages, and it would be shocking uh, to your listeners and to everyone to read what the Obama administration put in motion that we're now trying to uh, rewind.
0: Well, and it's interesting too. I mean, it, it, it's troubling. I, I, you know, I'm I probably need to verify this report before I talk about it too much. But we see the sexuality issue, the impact, and the threats to religious liberty. We see it. You know, a lot of times these kind of things get you know, mixed up into each other or they touch on each other in um, in different ways legally and policy wise, mm-hmm. because there are a lot mm-hmm. of people whose view of that you're male and female is based on biology. It's based on a belief that God made you, made them man and woman. And so, and I'm not saying that that it's just a belief. I mean, there's a biological, there's biological facts there. But my point is, so, sometimes when people talk about that, their strength of view comes on from that point um just like we see sometimes on the issue of life, people's view is that God created these uh innocent human beings and that they you know uh they came to life and they were put there they were there in the womb and and so but we know that there's biology there on these sexuality issues and so I, I saw a report recently you know to touch on the Christmas issue where someone there's some some discussion about a a nativity scene in front of i believe someone's home where instead of Mary and joseph. They put two of these lit statues of Joseph together with Jesus in the in the manger. And, and, you know, so you just have to you see some of these things and you see that it feels like it touches on some religious issues. It touches on a lot of First Amendment issues and what people believe. And there's still a lot to sort through and to know. But the, I think it's clear If you don't have a consistent standard, you don't have policy on this issue, people are going to make up and do all kinds of different things. And we can't sit back and act like, oh, well, these issues will probably just go away and work themselves out. That is not how it's going to play out. Um, There's going to continue to be pressure by some to have things however they want them. And unless we have something a standard in place, uh, I think that you're going to see parental rights and privacy jeopardized and, and sometimes violated. Let's end here, though. On a positive note, if you will, we talked about Christmas. I mentioned the Merry Christmas Project. I've driven through downtown Brennan before in that area. Uh, it seems like they like Christmas a lot in that area. And I know that's not the only part of your district, but I know that's their, where your home is. And I do think one thing I do enjoy about Texas is the way that we go big and bold when it comes to Christmas.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very proud of my district. One of the things I have to say about um, which is in Lavaca County, uh, it, it's passed, but, you know, the, the date has passed. But on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, they always do the lighting of the courthouse, which is gorgeous. I cannot stress that enough. If Anywhere in the area and you want to make a quick trip, go to Howitzville in the evening and see that courthouse being lit up. But they do a passion play on the streets of Palletville after the parade that night on a Saturday night uh, of Thanksgiving, and it always just moves me so deeply. And so you do see religious displays and the celebration of Christmas uh, here in our area, and uh, I'm so honored to be a part uh, to to represent the values uh, of this area, and I will be a relentless uh, christian uh with god in my heart and all my soul as um i legislate and and try to make sense of you know this 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 wonderful constitution that was given to us uh by um our founders that you know allowed us to have freedom of religion uh and and that's important that everybody you know has freedom of religion and and can say this say Amen. what they believe
0: Amen. But, but well, I
1: believe that the other side is winning more than than, than we are sometimes. Well, so it can thank feel that you way. To you and
0: everyone,
1: it can um, feel that way sometimes.
0: We're yeah. we're about to run out of He's time. Bold. I don't want to cut Lois Colquhose, Senator Colquhose, off too much. But we're about to r- <coughs> run out of time for this segment of the Texas Values Report. So I want to make sure I have a few seconds to say thank you, Senator Colquhose, for being on the show today. Thank you for being a leader on faith, family, and freedom, and that is one of the reasons why Senator Colcourse is going to be taking center stage at our event next week, December 7th, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. Go to txvalues.org to get your tickets, txvalues.org, December 7th in Houston. Senator Colcourse, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you,
1: Jonathan. God bless you all.
0: Well, that's great. Wow. You know, look, I love having Senator Kolkhorst on the show. She has a heart for the issues we work on. She is a Texan through and through, and she's got a lot invested in the work she does, her family, and so on. Uh, Just so authentic. And so that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Go to txvalues.org to learn more about our work. You can get tickets to our gala there, txvalues.org. And we'll see you next week on the Texas Values Report.